Welcome to Building Your Best Career, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Building Your Best Career. Today we're going to be following up on the topic of emotional intelligence, and this is the part two episode. We're going to be talking about it from the perspective of the observer. I did an episode recently about being the person that was speaking and making sure that we were being aware of our body language, our facial expressions, and all of the things that we're going to talk about observing today as the observer. And again, like the first episode, I want to talk to this topic with the mindset that we're on video calls. Because we're on so many Zoom calls and Facebook calls and LinkedIn calls and all of these different calls that we're doing right now, I want to talk about it because I think that it's really important to make sure that we're adapting some of our skills for video environment. So the first thing I want to talk about today is just the idea of emotional intelligence and understanding that people really communicate to us a lot of information without saying a thing. We've all heard the statistics about how it's 70 plus percent of our our communication is nonverbal and depending on who you talk to or whatever study you read that that percentage goes up or down by a number here or there. But a huge portion of our communication is done non-verbally. And we do this with our eyes, we do this with our body language, we do this with the facial expressions, we do this with our breathing. There's all kinds of different things that can give cues to other people about what it is we're truly thinking. Now, of course, obviously all of this is subjective and it all depends on the eye of the beholder. We can read into a lot of different things positively or negatively. So we have to be careful about creating too much bias in our mind about what people might be thinking or assuming the worst or assuming the best. We need to try to be objective. But when we're observing observing other people's behaviors, we can really glean a lot of ideas about what it is that they're thinking or feeling based on their body language. One thing that you've probably heard people talk about are when somebody's smile reaches their eyes. When you're talking to somebody, even on video, and you're looking at them and you're looking them in the eye, you can tell if they are truly engaged. You can tell if they're truly happy or if they're just kind of placating you, right? When you're on a call and you're, say you're working with three or four people in your video call, you can put up the, I call it the Brady Bunch screen, right? Where you've got the the bunch of squares with a different face in all of them and and you're looking at the different people in your meeting and you're observing how they're behaving during your conversation. Perhaps you're the speaker, okay? And you are looking at each of them to see if they are engaged. Are they looking into the camera? Are they leaning back in their chair? Are their arms crossed? Are they taking notes? Are they rolling their eyes? Are they making faces? What is it that they're doing? Pay attention to what their body language is telling you. 
if they're looking really sleepy leaning on their hand, perhaps they're not feeling very engaged in this conversation. Perhaps they're sleepy from last night and they didn't get much sleep. We don't know what's going on in their household, right? It may have absolutely nothing to do with you, but they may not be getting the full message of whatever it is you're trying to share with them because they're not in a position right now to really absorb the information. So perhaps you need to find a way to get them involved in the conversation. Maybe you ask them a question or tell a joke, see if you can elicit some kind of a response to find out if they are actually paying attention. Perhaps it would be worthwhile to follow up with them afterwards and say, hey, you know, I just wanted to follow up, make sure you didn't have any extra questions on what we talked about, feel free to reach out. What was your favorite part? What would you like to learn more about? Ask them a question. Whatever it is that you wanna do, depending on how important it is for them to have gotten this information. Now, when someone is leaning back, their arms crossed, seemingly bored and confused, this may not be the person that's going to get the most out of your presentation. Perhaps they don't need to be there, or perhaps they feel they don't need to be there, right? When we communicate with others, paying attention to those things somebody that might be in that position where they look bored or confused or just uninterested might be very frustrating. In fact, I would argue that it's probably very frustrating unless you really don't care whether or not they are getting the information. It can be frustrating. So look for ways to bring them into the fold. Sometimes people give off very subtle cues. Perhaps they are really good at making eye contact with the camera but you notice that periodically they look down, they look to the right, they look to the left, they look off camera. Maybe there's something else going on. They might have kids in the house, they might have a pet, they may be looking at the weather. There's a lot of different ways that they can show you that they're not completely engaged in the discussion. Again, we don't know what's going on there and you don't necessarily wanna put them on the spot by saying something like, hey George, do you want to look here? Pay attention. I'm trying to talk to you. Not really sure you want to do that. But perhaps you work a question in that George, for the purpose of our discussion here, can answer or provide some input in. Sometimes people feel like they're disengaged because they don't have anything to contribute to the discussion. So finding ways to work them into the conversation can be beneficial because it not only gives them buy-in into the conversation and gets them interested and engaged, but they may have a perspective or an idea or some kind of input that they can provide to the group that will be helpful. Asking questions is a great, great way to get people involved. Now, another thing that you can do is offer a chance for everybody to be a part of the discussion. Perhaps you go around the room and you let everyone talk. Perhaps you let them each brief on a different topic. You can structure your meeting depending on what it is you're looking to achieve in the meeting so that you can get the participation of your participants. What that will do is it will help encourage them to be more engaged because A, they're gonna to need to know when it's their turn. Nothing worse than going around the room and then being that person that, wait, what, huh? I'm sorry, were you talking to me? Did you have a question? Not a good look, right? In theory, the participants in your meeting do not want to be that person that has to go through that. So they will be paying attention to what the other folks have to say. 
it also breaks up the talking. So it's not just the same person talking on and on and on. And tone of voice, volume, type of voice, accent, all of these different things provide a point of interest to people. And if it's content continually changing and you're getting different people talking about different things, it helps the discussion be more interesting. A lot of these things are ways that you can plan your meeting in advance to get maximum participation and interest from your audience. Now perhaps you are in a position where you just have to brief something and you've got to make it interesting and you're trying to run it by some of your colleagues and practice and figure out what is going to be interesting and engaging and what is not. Try working in some questions for the audience. Maybe you work in a joke or two or just an anecdotal story. Storytelling is a powerful thing and we hear about it with interviews, with presentations, with a variety of different things. If you can somehow humanize what it is that you're talking about by throwing in a story about you or someone you know or an experience or something you recently saw or read, it gives an element of personalness to the story that you're trying to convey and therefore people will be a little bit more interested and engaged to hear how it all turns out. If you can greet everybody in your meeting by name, that's a great way to start a meeting. With Zoom, it's great because we don't even have to remember the names because most of the Zoom calls or, or the other video programs that they have, it shows their name on their square. Now, I will caution you, I made this mistake. And you do have to be careful to make sure that the name fits because perhaps the name is John and it's a woman sitting there she may be using her husband's Zoom account to zoom in. And the last thing you want to do is call her John, because she's probably not John. Maybe she's Mary. So check your attendee list and make sure that you know who's who. And if you're going around the room, then you can make note of who's who. And on your screen, you'll be able to see them in order, however you, you set up your screen, if you do the Brady Bunch screen, or if you do the runner at the top, depending on what platform you're using for your video calls. Try to keep track of who the participants are. Obviously, if you're talking about a huge meeting where you've got 50 or 60 participants, that's not necessarily very practical. But if you are the host of the meeting and you're there from the beginning, as people join the meeting, welcome them to the meeting. Hello, thank you for joining us today, whomever you are. How are things going? I like to set meetings so that we have a little bit of time at the beginning for some introductions and some chit-chat. So for meetings that I do, if it's going to be an hour, I try to schedule them for 45 minutes so if people show up a few minutes early, you have a chance to talk with them. It's a great opportunity for networking. It's a great opportunity just to create some personal connections with people, especially right now since we're not actually getting to see them in person. If you're going to be utilizing jokes or comments or stories, beware of your timing. If you are talking about some very serious things and then you're moving to something lighter or vice versa, think about the layout of what it is you're going to be talking about and what makes the most sense and what will elicit the best response from your audience. If you're going to be talking about 
say you're you're launching a new project and you're giving them a whole lot of information about what the requirements are and then you're going to talk about the timeline and then you're going to talk about who's responsible for what that's a logical progression to work through things you could certainly mix it up but think about how you break them up and the transitions between the different topics those are always good times to lighten things up a little bit and give an example or give a story or tell a joke obviously you want to try and make sure that it is on point with the topic that you're talking about I don't know that you want to be talking about some kind of a super technical thing and then tell an animal joke maybe you could tell a technology joke or something like that but again you know your audience best so recognize what will play well with them and try to incorporate that into how you're laying out your discussion the other thing you want to make sure that you're doing is you're listening if people have questions or there's a discussion point in your meeting listen to what others are saying pay attention to how they are conveying what it is that they're saying are they getting spun up are they getting emotional are they getting passionate about what it is that they're talking about make note of that because if you're having meetings with these people on a regular basis that information comes in really handy because you know what things really excite that person or really frustrate the person and you can use that when you're working with this person in the future to adapt your behavior and your style to match theirs to get the most out of that relationship learning to observe people's mannerisms and facial expressions and behaviors is something that we practice it's not something that you can be instantly good at there are some people that are better at it than others there are some people that are very in tuned to others behaviors without having to work too hard on it but it is certainly a, a skill that we can learn and we can hone and we can get good at as I mentioned there are lots of training programs now around emotional intelligence many organizations build that into their leadership training now because it's such a powerful tool for leaders to have when building high-performing teams you can google all kinds of YouTube videos and training things on LinkedIn about how to get better at it one way that I think is really a very easy and free way to get better at it is to practice it if you go to networking events perhaps you participate in some networking events that you find online that are free that are just for you go to those meetings and watch people just watch you can participate in the meeting as well but as you're watching and participating pay attention to how they interact with one another pay attention to their facial expressions pay attention to their body movements how they sit what they do when they're speaking those kinds of things being on video calls is really providing us a wonderful opportunity to work on this skill because we're up close and personal it's different when you're watching people in a boardroom because it's in person I think it's a little bit more it's, it's just different because they know that people are watching people are a lot more I think maybe not necessarily relaxed but I think that people forget sometimes when they're on camera that there are a lot of people watching 
we get complacent and our real body language can come out very easily if we're not very careful about what it is that we're doing. So it provides a great opportunity to pay attention to the facial expressions that people are making. In a boardroom or, or a conference room, think about when people make faces, a lot of times they'll look down at their lap or they'll be writing notes and they'll be rolling their eyes. It's really hard for you to see that unless you get in there and you, you look up at their face. On a video camera, a lot of people forget that they're on camera. Or if they don't see their face, if they are looking at the, the runner on the top, and I'll be honest, I've done this. I've been on a meeting, and I'll scroll through all of the different people across the top. If they've got slides, they've got the little boxes across the top, and you get to the second page, and you're not on there anymore. And I have to remember to go back before I say anything or do anything because I don't know how I'm looking right now. Am I looking at the camera? Am I making a face? What am I doing? I want to make sure that I'm really paying attention to how I'm communicating because you want to make sure that that is clear and that it's looking professional and I'm not accidentally grimacing or making a funny face. I am a very animated speaker. I wave my hands around a lot and I make a lot of facial expressions. All throughout this podcast, my hands have been waving all around the air because I am very animated in my communication style. And I make faces as I'm talking, but I also have to remember that not only do I make faces while I'm talking, I make them when I'm listening. So on Zoom calls for me, I have to be very careful about making sure I keep paying attention to that because people can misread that. They can misread my facial expressions to reflect what they feel I'm thinking and I would certainly not want to insult or offend anybody because if I look quizzical that's just me thinking in my head whereas they may think that I don't understand or they're not communicating clearly and it not it doesn't necessarily mean that for me for me it means that I'm just thinking so we want to make sure that we practice paying attention to different people's cues and these Video calls are great because you can watch a couple of different people talk to one another and you can watch their facial expressions and you can see how they react to one another and get a better feel for how people behave with their faces and their body language when others are talking to them. All right, good luck with honing this skill. As I mentioned, great time to be practicing it. There's tons of information online about how to get better at this practicing, watching. Uh, Travis Bradbury and Jean Graves have a great book about it called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. You can download that at Amazon or get it from the library. That's just one that I read that I really enjoyed. There are tons of them out there. So keep practicing. It'll only serve you well in your career, both as an employee and as a leader. I hope you have a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy. See you next week. All right. So thanks for listening to Building Your Best Career. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to buildingyourbestcareer.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or if you'd like to be a guest on an episode. And please go ahead and recommend me to your friends. Until next time, always remember to stand up and be confident. Stand by all that you do and say with integrity and stand out, because after all, there's only one you.